0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of... FOUR NUMBER NEWS! The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related. And we don't bore you, we get into it. Let's do it! (laughs) Quickly, before we get started, if you would hit that subscribe button and that bell to get notified, we drop new episodes of Feneva News every Saturday, 12 p.m. EST, and throughout the week, we re-upload those segments for your viewing pleasure, hit them buttons, let's jump into the stories. Okay, people, first up, we got some more manga endings, some more cancellations, some updates on some cancelled series or some ending series, and yeah, it's that time. It's usually every few months, in case you don't know, that a whole bunch of series will just magically start getting announced that they're ending, they're hitting their climax, they're going into the final arc and of course Shonen Jump is hitting that axe down because every few months there's a new serialization round and that means that some series gotta go thankfully this one despite the fact that regardless it's always sad but this is a more relatively new series that honestly they didn't even give it that long to run in the magazine because I believe last week we spoke about Super Smartphone coming to an end and now according to this it says Aliens Area by Fusai Naba has officially ended this week with chapter 20 and weekly shonen jump issue number 47 and i am going to lie, i haven't got into that one in particular probably won't at this particular point but yeah it was only 20 chapters man i mean that's still a little bit longer than some series i've seen some series they get canceled at like 11 chapters so it had 20 chapters the art was interesting from what people told me it was like some sort of pseudo battle series and again as i've spoken in the past yeah another one bites the dust because at the end of the day what is shonen and jump going to do with all of these other series that are going forward with their final arcs we don't know but we know that they getting rid of another newbie out of the magazine and it sucks for of course the author first and foremost their dreams coming to an end and of course those readers that invested their time and we're looking forward to seeing this thing go the distance yeah 20 chapters and i know some people they like to say no it seemed like it was gonna end that's because they get the heads up of probably even a month or maybe more back of hey it's about to end so whatever plot threads you have try best to you know wrap that thing up you know i'm like wrap that thing up you're a big fine woman. no <laughs> but yes aliens area has officially been canceled in weekly shonen jump with chapter 20 but that's not all because we got a couple of other series that are heading towards their final arc and an update on a series that we just spoke about last week that was coming to an end we got an update on tokyo revengers we spoke about last week that it has entered its climax and according to this one it says that tokyo revengers is going to be ending within five chapters officially ending on November 16th it'll probably be out a little bit before then of course you know things leak out and hit the net prior but November 16th Tokyo Revengers will be completely over and that's pretty much the standard and I like sometimes when they do that when they give us a heads up of like hey this series is going to end and they give you at least a like five chapter preparation so to speak so you could go into it knowing hey okay it's about to be over and it's not just like yo next week it's over dog it, it's so because that kind of always feels very sudden especially if you're emotionally invested into some of these series i remember like when naruto was ending and they gave us that big i believe it was five chapters as well heads up i was like oh thank goodness so you know i can at the very least countdown is sad of course but you can at the very least prep yourself for the ultimate end and tokyo revenge has been going for a long time so i'm sure there's a lot of people that are very sad for me personally i'm looking at it as well now i could catch up to the manga and see how it all wraps itself up and also the anime that means they're going to be able to adapt the entire thing depending i guess on how the success goes of the next season but yes tokyo avengers ending november 16th five chapters remain probably even four by the time you're seeing this i'm not sure but yeah another one bites the dust hey and if you wasn't already heartbroken and disappointed by those first two there is another series that is coming to its end and this is a big one as well its first season of its anime was massively Popular and the sales of the manga are incredibly great too. Because according to this, To Your Eternity manga has reached its final arc this week. The manga will be on hiatus until January 25th, 2023. Oh my god, till next year and start its final edition, the future arc. So To Your Eternity will be coming to an end, and that's another one that is kind of like, well, goddamn. I mean, granted, series are not lasting as long. Obviously, we're in a different time period where attention spans are a lot lower. People ain't trying to go for you know five hundred thousand chapters and to your eternity been going for a minute it got its second season rolling around any day now so yeah that's probably to be expected but still another one Jeez, louise it seems like potentially what i'm hoping is happening in the anime manga industry in particular is not only that they're ending the manga real quick so that the anime could come through but also it seems as though they kind of want to keep on having series after series incoming so that way there's fresh ip because one of the things with anime and manga is that usually the beginning especially if you can make it pop early on is where you get the success like a season one is usually going to be the highlight and then maybe if there's like a pop-up of like some incredible stuff happening at a season two or season three it's like okay it jumps up again but they probably make majority of their money of the entire license and all of the rights and properties and whatnot with season one because then after that it's just like an afterthought after the fact not many people are gonna jump on board starting with a season two season three is not gonna bring new readers and watchers and whatnot there's the exceptions you know i mean at the, end of the day, they look at a series like i know it's not anime manga but breaking bad it didn't blow up until like what was it season four i think or after season four so there's always that possibility but majority of the time you want to get a hot series you want to get something that season one rolling around and then after that you want to quickly wrap it all up so that you could jump to the next one i'm speaking on behalf of the business me personally yeah, i know i follow series like one piece hunter hunter that have been going a bajillion years but that's just the reality of the way business works and good old capitalism, my lord. But yes, people, again, Aliens Area ending with chapter 20, Tokyo Revengers ending by November 16th, officially, with five chapters remaining, and of course, To Your Eternity entering its final arc and going on hiatus until January of next year. That's a long freaking break, but I'm actually very happy for these authors that these you know studios, these publishing companies are being a little bit more mindful of. Dog, let them get a break and maybe they'll write an absolute banger to wrap the this Whole thing up, also, they've been going for years upon years. Let them relax a little bit, let them spend time with their family. This is a perfect time. I ain't gonna lie. The auto two year eternity is getting that cake and eating it to it, getting a break at the holiday season, not having to work through all of this stuff. Although, in Japan, I don't know, do they celebrate any of these holidays that we have over here? I think it's a little bit different, but yeah, maybe I'm off on that. But either way, yes, three more bite dust. Well, two year eternity is on the way to the dust moving forward this one right here i wanted to take the time to it's a little bit more of a serious situation but nevertheless it's important because this is an author that not only myself but many people follow and appreciate and in case you don't know here on forever news every week we read the author comments from weekly shonen jump and weekly shonen magazine so you get a little bit more insight into these authors and the creator of black Clover Yuki Tabata he almost all the times is talking about his family this guy's a family man he's always talking about his wife he's always talking about his daughter and it's very wholesome and beautiful and it kind of just really feels awesome like to hear this guy living his dreams he has his family and all that good stuff but in the latest weekly shonen jump author comments he commented something very sad about his daughter and I wanted to take the time to kind of just send a little bit of best wishes over to Yuki Tabata and his family because he basically said My daughter caught a bad cold and needed to be hospitalized for a week. Her dad is full of worry and loneliness. And as somebody that my daughter has gotten sick like that before to the point of being hospitalized for a month and stuff like that, I 100% can feel him, can sympathize. And I just feel really bad because this guy is so happy. Always, you know, really on it about like, yo, my family, my wife, you know, my daughter's doing this for me. My daughter's doing that with me. So as a father of a little daughter as well, um, it definitely kind of hit close to home to read this, and I definitely want to send so much love, positivity, prayers all of that over to yuki tabata and his family because that's not only very serious it's very sad because you know i'm saying this dude he loves his family he's not one of those people that never references them and hides them or anything like that he's proud of his family so to hear something like that it really really feels just like i don't know hits close to home and i just want yuki tabata and his family to be better his daughter especially sending massive love and prayers out to her just sad all around so shout outs to yuki tabata y'all gonna get through this your daughter's gonna be fine we're all sending love and positive energy we want uh the best for you so yeah i just wanted to kind of point this out even though i know it's not necessarily the biggest news per se but it's an author that i really care about and i know a lot of people care about him too his series is freaking incredible shout outs to him and black clover and again for his entire family much love moving forward this was a very unexpected story but i absolutely had to cover it regarding the author slash creator of spy family now y'all know in case you don't that spy family is absolutely humongous it is one of the highest selling manga i believe it's going to be in the top 10 selling manga of 2022 like it it just sells astronomically it does very very well for itself so to kind of see that this happened a lot of people are upset because basically an article came out from an interview of the author again tatsuya endo and pretty much in that article a lot of people took it as he says that he basically basically drawing this series... But doesn't really want to. He wanted to draw something else, and is only doing it because hey, it worked. And a lot of people took that the wrong way. Some people are saying that that's not necessarily what he was trying to say. But basically, for starters, the first thing that I saw personally was Katsuya Endo admits he feels no attachment to Anya or the Forger family because they were never what he wanted to draw, but what the world wanted to see. And again, a lot of people took that as like, excuse the hell out of me, you got me all emotionally invested and loving this series, and you don't even. Care for you got no emotional attachment to any of these characters so a lot of people were very upset however in the interview it seemed a little bit like the tone of that headline in particular was a little off because in the interview we're going to read right here it seems more like he wasn't necessarily saying that like he doesn't really care let's read so we could get full context according to an interview published in the fan book when the author of blue exorcist kazuo kato complimented endo for the character design of lloyd forger spy family creator Sark sarcastically that is very important sarcastically replied i gave up on what i originally wanted to draw and drew what the world wanted to see not myself so i have no attachment to the characters and i'll be honest with you despite the fact that he said that sarcastically off rip when somebody tells me something like that even if it's sarcastic there is a seedling of truth somewhere in there you could argue oh no no no, because why else would that be the first reply that comes out of you you know what i'm saying like it does seem like there's potential maybe he's just frustrated with the the series at this particular point and that's the first thing that there's some type of distaste in Tatsuya Endo's mouth whether it be for the entirety of just writing and drawing manga in general or maybe that's just true feelings and he said it in a sarcastic way who knows but Tatsuya Endo further revealed that he was told by his editor that cool and cute characters like Lloyd and Anya are important for manga popularity although he didn't listen much to them and continued to create works like Ishini ni Usebeni and Tetsuni Hoshi which ultimately did not turn out to be as successful as by family in the industry. So again, that previous comment might have been a little bit true. Like, he tried to do the things that he wanted to do, Ishii ni Usibeni and Tetsu ni Hoshi, and it didn't work out. And then he was like, alright, that it has told me to draw some cutesy shit. Here's some cutesy stuff. In the fan book, Endo Sensei also stated that he started working on this action comedy manga just to break out of an artist's block, and he considers the Spy Family series as rehabilitation work for him. He added, Spy Family is a rehabilitation work for me to revive as a mangaka when I fell into a slump. They also also mention that he doesn't really like spies i don't know it does sound like it's maybe therapeutic for him and shout outs to him for you know using this beautiful medium and his talents as well as kind of like rehabilitation for himself or whatnot that's really dope but that doesn't necessarily clear away like he doesn't like spies he sarcastically said that hey uh you know i didn't really want to draw this but i didn't work out with my other shit so here we are so i feel like maybe there's a slither of troops somewhere in there but i'm sure at the end of the day if you're drawing this stuff day in and day out there is no way possible you can't have any love for all of this stuff i could tell you right now as somebody that has been working on multiple different books and whatnot you get especially if you're really crafting and especially if you're at these type of levels like i could only imagine you know spy family working day in day out to create these chapters there's no way possible you can't fall in love with this world you've created with these characters you've created you just start to get some sort of attachment you start to point fanboying over your own stuff again maybe he's a little bit frustrated maybe he is unhappy that his other stuff didn't work out because maybe he might be a shonen battle action fan or something like that maybe again this isn't necessarily what he wanted to draw but the fact that he's using it as like a rehabilitation for himself ultimately i do feel like Tatsuya endo does like it's just no way around it love this series it's just probably initially this isn't what he wanted to do but it worked out and he's creating and he's making something that people love around the world so even if he Necessarily isn't the biggest fan of this type of storytelling or whatnot. Regardless, he's making it for the fans, and I don't see nothing wrong with. If he doesn't really care per se about this type of storytelling, if he's making it, if he's doing it to the best of his abilities, who cares? Like I don't understand why people are getting super angry, saying this ruined Spy Family for you. Why? Like, are you mentally attached to Tatsuya Endo, and suddenly, oh no, Tatsuya Endo didn't want to make this, so now I don't like it. Like, what bearing does that? Have? on you if that's his personal feelings as long as he's writing it to the best of his abilities i don't see a problem so that's just my take on it but again it was also sarcastic so you got to keep that in mind but nevertheless i don't know i felt like tasuya endo is probably just maybe frustrated and at the end of the day maybe this isn't his cup of tea but he's making it okay people next up you know that they're doing the naruto 20th anniversary special where they're releasing new news and all sorts of updates for naruto and boruto every single week and it seems as though as this thing is going on they're getting less on the news type of thing and more so just doing like big highlight reels or whatnot because they released what they consider the 15 best action episodes throughout naruto and boruto and i'm gonna tell you something this list was absolutely hilarious and not because of the picks, because it picked out some great moments in naruto and boruto but again this is celebrating naruto and boruto and the best action episodes here's the problem though In all of those episodes that they picked all of those moments shall i say that they picked not one of them had boruto in it (laughs) like not one of them was Boruto throwing down by any means because according to the list we got I believe and I'm not sure if this is all 15 but we got Zabuza and Haku their death and the battle and all that stuff then we got Sasuke and Orochimaru and the uh, Chunin exams that was a great moment that was what hooked me to Naruto that little excursion right there then we got of course if you don't have this you're a freaking moron you know nothing about Naruto Uh, Rock Lee versus Gaara you got uh, the third hokage versus the previous kage when orochimaru erotenseed them then you got naruto versus sasuke uh, part one's battle which was again legendary i think that's the whole page for that or it's two different moments i think it's their clash and then or it might be i'm not sure it, Showing it weirdly or whatever, but yeah, no, I think that's one thirty three and one thirty four. So I think they're picking out like episodes in particular. So one thirty three and one thirty four for those moments. Then we got at three o two is Shikamaru playing shogi with his father. That was a great moment. You got Shippuden three sixty three Killer B versus the Akatsuki. Again, a lot of great freaking moments. At five forty two, you got Madara dropping meteors. You better have a Madara moment. I don't care. Uh, You got five fifty nine. Kakashi versus Obito the flashback where they go back in as little kids and then cut back to the main timeline uh you got episode 696 the final battle of Naruto and Sasuke oh they picked 696 and 697 of Naruto versus Sasuke then mosing on over to Boruto they seemingly only had two moments if I'm not mistaken they had Kawaki versus Garo and then they had episode 218 of Boruto Naruto versus Ishiki and Kurama's death but not a single moment was used or not a single episode of Boruto actually throwing down and if that'll speak volumes at the end of the day of Boruto being the main character not being the smartest choice I don't know what will like majority of the moments I think 13 of the moments is all from Naruto and Naruto Shippuden and two moments are from Boruto and none of them include Boruto himself Yeah, the stats show it that pretty much Boruto's not the most popular of his series. Kawaki's the most popular, alongside with Himawati. I think she's up there as well. Like, you know, it's just really ridiculous at this particular point that I truly feel whatever they do moving forward with the time skip, if they continue on with Boruto as the MC, they gotta shake something up because proof is in the pudding. Despite hardcore fans, because there are hardcore fans that absolutely love Boruto, the majority spoke that. Boruto doesn't have the juice and I know I'll probably get a little bit of hate for that but it is what it is it's just the reality stats show it the freaking editorial department show it like their content itself shows it these are the moments that people love and I can assure you that if they're using these analytics moving forward whenever we get the time skip or whatever's coming out next more than likely they're gonna try and focus in on characters that are really loved by the masses including again Kawaki, Naruto I mean time skip could very well be Boruto being the villain and Kawaki and Naruto being the MCs, so to speak, having to go after Boruto. Maybe Kawaki, Naruto, and Sarada. That would be fire now that I think about it. And Mitsuki probably would run after Boruto, even if Boruto's evil. So, yeah, that'd be fire. I don't know. I just thought of a great idea that, hey, Studio Peril, why don't you do that? Instead of giving us Himawari's first day out. Okay, not Himawari's first day out. Imagine not. (laughs) Yeah, people, those were their top 15 episodes, moments, battles, all of that good stuff from Naruto. Boruto, amazing picks. It's just hilarious that none from Boruto himself. Moving forward we got our obligatory yoshihiro tagashi updates for starters tagashi essentially in one of his recent tweets was complaining about the new way things are done in terms of semi digitalization because apparently yoshihiro tagashi isn't creating manga fully digital yet he's basically i'm imagining doing like a half and half maybe drawing on the real like you know drawing and then scanning it in or something like that but pretty much tagashi is still doing it semi the normal way manga was created of course on paper and whatnot and apparently it's taking more time and more paper than opposed to just going straight up and down, doing it fully on the physical side of things. He said here, number 396, I'm imagining he's talking about chapter 396, completed, number 397, correction completed, waiting for retake return, and then chapters 398 through 400, transition to subdivision of work. Semi-digitalization has increased the consumption of copy paper and office work by five times. First episode, this is about 30%. And you see alone just for one chapter all of these folders and papers and paper clipped up together and shit like that like and that's just for one chapter and this is about 30% of it oh my god I'm not even gonna lie like at that point I would just say yo can I just do this all physical like why we got to go through the whole digital situation if it's increasing the time by five times and then I'll talk you know what I'm saying like I get it you need digital copies because especially a story we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode on how digital is really really popping in a major way so I understand in that aspect but I, I ain't gonna lie I'm just looking at this stack of papers and whatnot is giving me freaking hairs on my arms like holy shit because I thought the whole point especially like I'm imagining post you know the pandemic being like a real big deal like it's still of course a big deal but we're not on lockdown and the regulations are a lot less strict as they were back when you know like 2020 2021 or whatnot I would assume that the reason for why they were going straight digital was for those reasons but now that regulations aren't as strict Strict, wouldn't he be able to go back to the workflow as he was before like if if it was up to me i'd be like yo tagashi draw it the way you normally would and then we'll just scan it all in with the most high quality cameras and scanners that we got to make things a lot easier so going semi-digital making it five times the work and way more paper consumption and stuff like that kind of just seems like a waste no but then again what do i know right they got billion dollar mines over there to make sure shit goes down the way they need it to go down so yeah then we got another thing from your Yoshihiro Tagashi, apparently, in the upcoming issue of Weekly Shonen Jump, he actually was talking about the author of Yu Gi Oh's passing. It says here, Hunter Hunter author Yoshihiro Tagashi remembers Yu Gi Oh creator Kazuki Takahashi and his first author comment in Jump Magazine returning after a long hiatus. You gotta imagine that. You know, when Tagashi was running back when he started Hunter Hunter back in 98, and even before that, when he was running with Yu Yu Hakusho, he was there for, I gotta imagine, the initial serialization of Kazuki Takahashi like he was there when he saw the man first come through and ran the game like a storm I wouldn't be surprised if Yu-Gi-Oh popping off the way it did may have somewhat inspired the whole greed island arc like yo dog look at Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh let me try to get a card game going off or something like that so he was there in the early days and then returning after of course the passing in his heroic way in case you don't know I talked about it over on my main channel the author of Yu-Gi-Oh he died a hero like initially over the summer we heard that he passed away via like an accident a snorkeling accident only to find out that he actually passed away trying to save people that was like drowning and stuff like that like the man died a legend and yoshiro tagashi is remembering him i could only imagine it's probably mixed emotions of like dog i've seen him as a newbie and i see him leave as a hero like I don't know. I I can only imagine what's going through Yoshihiro Tagashi's mind. But really dope that his first comment back and jump, and it's not about his back, and it's not about his health issues. Is to remember an absolute legend and icon like Kazuki Takahashi. So shout shoutouts to Tagashi, making sure that on his return he talks about a goat. Moving forward, big big news for Shonen Jump. We have been speaking for a while now that at the very least, when it comes to the physical side of things, Shonen Jump sales. Have have been going downhill like shonen jump at its peak i believe was selling like six million copies per issue it was something outrageous it might have even been more i might be lowballing it like crazy but it was selling millions upon millions and as time has went on it shrunk and shrunk it shrunk i want to say as of the last time it was doing less than two million i might be a little off on that but it was definitely to a point where it has lost millions of people buying the physical copies however this right here actually is very promising and showcasing that despite the fact that physical has gone out the window or is going out the window is not completely done yet digital is on the rise in a major way so much so that they decided like Okay, yo, we, we've really hit a point where we're getting enough people on the digital side of things that it doesn't look ridiculous or embarrassing or anything to announce this. That according to this, each issue of Weekly Shonen Jump Magazine's digital edition sells 700000 Copies. I feel like this is a perfect point to put this out there, and that them putting this into the minds of people promoting this is going to make it go up by at least another hundred thousand or two hundred thousand. Because to be honest with you, I didn't even know that over there, I don't think you could buy it over here. I could be wrong on that, unless you get like a VPN or you know, you switch your Apple store or whatever. I don't know how you actually buy the digital edition, but either way, I'm sure not only myself, but a lot of people didn't realize that you can actually purchase the magazine itself digitally. And if I can get my hands on the digital thing, that would be freaking great. I'm not even going to lie. Even if it's in Japanese, just to have them, I probably will. And and I'd imagine that's probably also how a lot of people get their hands, like early leaks and stuff like that is because they upload them to a server digitally. And if you can get access somehow to that server, bada bing, bada boom, bada bam. And... 700,000 that definitely probably helps immensely with a lot of things because for starters a digital copy the only thing that you have to do is store it on a hard drive somewhere pay for the storage fees other than that everything else in terms of like you know the paper for the magazine shipments and whatnot they probably want to get that number to surpass the physical and once that number supersedes what they got going on on the physical side of things they probably will really start doubling down on digital sales and everything moving forward going digitally because 700,000 copies that is huge the moment they get to probably a million they are gonna really pimp this out because 700,000 already you're promoting it at this point it's gonna go up even higher and yeah I could even imagine people overseas now that we know you could buy the actual magazine the full out magazine digitally because we get shonen jump manga over here you know of course we get black clover one piece my hero jujutsu kaisen we get all the manga but we don't get everything else you know you know the promotional stuff the articles all of that good stuff i want to get my hands on that too so that is very good to know that not only you could actually buy that again it's in japan so you probably have to find some work around but it's doing 700 once it passes again like i said the physical sales you can expect that shonen jump is going to put all their muscle into that because shonen jump plus the digital publication that they got going on is also very successful so everything is going digital the days of you know like all of this that i got going on back here are numbered <laughs> it's, it's the reality because there's only so much space you can put you know these shonen jump magazines i'm imagining a lot of people especially in japan because sales of it aren't as like expensive or whatnot they probably read them like a regular magazine and then throw them out when they're done because how can you possibly like if you buy let's just say every issue in one year of shonen jump and you try to save them that's 52 magazines give or take maybe a break or two so 48 at the very least magazines in your house and then you add that times like 10 years a decade that's it's 480 magazines in your house like you just won't be able to store it all but with a digital app hey it's all on this phone this hard drive whatever it is so yeah that's the future 700,000 i'm expecting within the next couple years it might even double and like i said physical days unfortunately are numbered 700,000 people spoke with their wallet and it's only going to go up from here moving forward this is very big news apparently the creator of attack on titan haji Isayama will be making his I want to say it's his first appearance I don't know if it's in the United States or in general but he will be making his first physical appearance over here in the west again I'm not sure if he's done like any conventions over there in Japan I'd imagine he probably had to but we're gonna read here in a second that yeah Iseyama's coming overseas which it's about time dog it's about time you come over here because everybody well not everybody after that ending a lot of people are a little bit like a lot of people love Hajime Isayama And even so, even if you don't like the ending of Attack on Titan, so what? At the end of the day, the man brought you content upon content. For me personally, I had caught up with the manga, I want to say, somewhere towards the end of like season one of the anime. And that was years upon years of chunky, you know, 40 page plus chapters of absolute greatness, suspense, horror, all of that good stuff. So I'm forever going to be in debt to the greatness that Hajime Isayama brought forth with this legendary series, Attack on Titan. But of course, to this it says on october 19th it was announced that japanese manga creator mega star hajime isayama will meet fans and media for the first time in north america this november at the upcoming anime nyc festival isayama's attack on titan is one of the most popular manga series of all time and has created a 500 million dollar oh my god media empire spanning manga anime live action movies stage plays video games and merchandise running november 18th through the 20th and 2022 in New York Javits Center Anime NYC brings over 50,000 passionate fans together with leading creators and companies from the heart of the Japanese entertainment world celebrating its 5th anniversary this year in addition to Isayama Anime NYC will play host to Japanese guests of honor including Shuko Murase the director of Gundam Hathaway Setsuo Ito the voice actor from Mob Psycho 100 the Japanese one and Yoko Shimomura the composer for Final Fantasy I've XV, which is XV. Oh, I'm terrible with Roman numerals. Beyond Kodansha, major Japanese entertainment companies include Aniplex, Bandai, Crunchyroll, G Kids, Hi Dive, Viz Media, and Yam Press. They'll all be showcasing their stuff. This is it. Hajime Isayama in his first U.S. appearance, and it's going to be at Anime NYC. Said Alvin Liu, President and CEO of Kodansha USA Publishing. And yeah, there's just more. After more than 10 years of publishing Attack on Titan, we're very, very excited to help host Isayama Sensei and see him meet the fans that I've loved and supported. His amazing pop culture phenomenon throughout the years. This will be an anime NYC to remember. God damn it! You know, in 2014, I want to say it was when Masashi Kishimoto, or might have been 2015. Yeah, it was 2015, where he went to an, was it Anime NYC or at New York Comic Con? But you know, I never got to meet Masashi Kishimoto. That was a big L for me. And damn, he's gonna be at Anime NYC. Like a part of me is like, oh, what is that again? Hold on, that's November 8 oh god damn, that gives me a little bit of time, about a month away uh, to get because I. I would love to meet uh, hajime isayama and i wouldn't be surprised i'm not trying to toot my own horn but homie you had i've seen one of my reviews back in the day though i was hitting six figures damn near every attack on titan video and i was actually on camera like i do so yeah i would love to meet hajime isayama regardless and yeah if you really want to meet the man this will probably be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity november 18th through the 20th at the uh, anime nyc at the javits center in new york city god damn it i want to go next up okay we're gonna to keep this one in rumor pile because this one has been a rumor that has been floating back and forth for the last like three years or so regarding dragon ball super returning the anime returning but yet again it has been going viral over on twitter and this account seemingly has inside knowledge on what's going on that apparently the dragon ball super tv anime's return is getting ready to announce according to this twitter account it said the next dragon ball weekly anime is currently supposedly allegedly rumored <laughs> i'm gonna throw all that in there slated to be announced in late November slash early december 2022 so supposedly now we're gonna get the announcement of the tv anime returning around those months i ain't gonna lie i'm gonna keep it as maybe possibly it could happen because again we've been hearing this for years initially back in 2019 we heard it was returning and of course you know the pandemic and everything came about so that might have thrown things off a little bit to be honest but either way we heard those rumors nothing came about eventually we got the dragon ball super superhero anime film and yeah for what it was even though i realize let me not cap i actually did have a very awesome time watching it but you know we got that film and we still didn't get the tv anime so i'm gonna keep it on the rumor pile it's eventually going to happen there's no doubt about it that's why they keep the manga going because i believe from what i heard was that Shueisha was like yo dog that you know getting the anime ahead of the manga stuff was cool beans and all," but we'll come back to this idea of bringing the tv anime back once there's enough manga content and considering we have now the Moro arc we have the granola the survivor arc and if they decide to do a re-adaptation of the broly film into tv anime we pretty much would have three arcs right there not including whenever the manga returns again of what they're going to be doing whatnot so i have no doubt in my mind the tv anime will be returning it's just a matter of when and if this thing is legit again it's making rounds and supposedly these people have inside and information. information. I don't know. I'm gonna keep it on rumor pile. If it happens, I will be one of the first to announce it. If not it's coming just eventually. Moving forward, we got a couple of pieces of Netflix news. Y'all know Netflix has become a very big key player in the anime world. They got the exclusive rights to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. As we spoke about last week, you know, they got Stone Ocean's final season coming in December. So Netflix has been very vital and has become very vital in the anime space. And yeah, they took like a major loss. I want to say it was either earlier this year or late last year when they announced that whole thing that they were cr- cracking down on password sharing and whatnot they took a major loss well according to this it seems as though they have finally gotten back out of the red and into the green because netflix adds 2.41 million subscribers globally in the third quarter netflix announced on tuesday that it has added 2.41 million subscribers to its service in the third quarter of 2022 after losing about 200,000 subscribers in the year's first quarter and another 970,000 in the second quarter the streaming service now records a total of 223 zero nine million subscribers worldwide with a projected addition of 4.5 million subscribers in the year's fourth and final quarter i don't know if that's gonna happen because we're gonna talk about something else the company recorded u.s 7.9 billion dollars in revenue in the third quarter which is a 5.9 percent year-on-year growth with an operating income of u.s 1.5 billion and a net income of 1.3 million dollars the company recorded u.s 3.1 in diluted earnings per share for the quarter Netflix has also reported that it developed a thoughtful approach to monetize account sharing that it will begin implementing in more countries early next year. The company added that it will allow those sharing accounts with other people to migrate their Netflix settings and recommendations to their own account while allowing those who own their accounts to create subaccounts. Netflix previously announced in March that it is testing a new payment model for users who wish to share accounts between separate households and mentioned in May that it was planning to crack down on password sharing between subscribers and it's awesome to hear that hey you know they increased right real good stuff at the end of the day because we need right now we need netflix to be a competitor in particular for anime because yeah sony has been buying up they got crunchyroll they got funimation all that good stuff so we need some competitors to keep on going so it was dope to hear that after taking that major loss hey they're back up in the green and whatnot but then with this news again going more so into them cracking down on password sharing i feel like this is just gonna knock them down again and it might be coverable at this particular point because this article says, Netflix has announced when it will start charging extra user fees. The subscription service is seemingly knuckling down on those who, for whatever reason, have failed to start up their own accounts. On Tuesday, the brand announced during its quarterly reports that it will shortly be charging customers an added monthly fee to people who have shared their usernames and passwords. The decision follows a pivotal program which has already been rolled out in Latin America and charges excess fees for what what they deem to be extra user sub-accounts. For example, users placed outside of your immediate households who cheekily log in to watch a series or two. The brand announced in their report, finally, we've landed on a thoughtful approach to monetize account sharing and we'll begin rolling this out more broadly starting in early 2023. After listening to consumer feedback, we're going to offer the ability for borrowers to transfer their Netflix profile into their own account and for sharers to manage their devices more easily and to create sub-accounts, extra members. If they want to pay for family or friends. In countries with our lower priced ad supported plan, we expect a profile transfer option for borrowers to be especially popular. You think that's going to be popular? You're wrong. In short, each name under the Who's Watching screen will cost you extra pennies if they found to not be living with you. The streaming service has yet to announce how much it will charge customers for the extra user service, but if it's anything like the pilot scheme in Latin America, it will follow a one quarter of the basic rate ideology, though it's not set in stone. It will work out to about three to four dollars in the u.s but don't panic just yet you've got until early 2023 to delete all traces of other users on your netflix login the feature has also been rolled out in argentina the dominican republic el salvador guatemala and honduras in the previous scheme titled add a home which launched in august there was one home per account which means that each netflix account regardless of the payment plan included one home where users could stream netflix on any of their devices there was also the option to buy additional homes so let me get this straight let's just say i'm on tour right and i'm gonna be touring the country but when i get home i'm gonna be going to you know what i'm saying use my netflix am i gonna be charged because i'm using my account outside of the home and i'm using it regularly out of the home how how is this whole thing going to work because i know they're seemingly going to be using it based on like ip addresses and which ones are linked you know to the ip address that is mainly used in the home this sounds like it's gonna be messy and i ain't gonna lie i could imagine a lot of people once they get get those surprise charges or whatnot oh get we're done with Netflix that that's what's going to happen because they are pushing their luck they already pissed people off with even announcing this to begin with they're pissing people off each and every other month when they keep on increasing the price but this is what's going to happen because inevitably right with business at the end of the day you always ideally want to keep expanding right you want to get if they got 220 something million users now they want to get 240 they want to get 280 they want to get 380 they want to keep on increasing but there's only so many people in the world that are alive that are going to subscribe to netflix so at some given point they are going to reach a cap where they're just not going to be able to get any new users onto netflix any new paid subscribers so that's why they're probably looking right now like damn how much more can we increase well let's just start making people that are sharing have to buy their own account or have to pay through a service inside of that main netflix account and i am gonna lie this is going to backfire on them if i'm wrong then by God they figured it out and them saying that yo people are gonna love no people are not gonna love this people what what makes them think that people are gonna love paying more if like you know your wife your husband your brother your sister they're somewhere else and hey this is one of their only forms of entertainment and they use netflix or whatnot how is this going to make them happy that hey yo i gotta pay more or if i'm at a hotel resort for two weeks and i have my netflix account that i like to watch at the nighttime how is this going to make anybody happy this is not this is going to backfire and yeah Netflix I get it you're trying to figure out ways to monetize outside of depending on more new users or whatnot you got the ad supported plans in there yo you're you're pushing your luck and eventually it's going to backfire I get it that seemingly Netflix hasn't been the most profitable business I've heard somewhere that they never actually made a profit majority of these things is spent on you know you got to pay all the employees you got to pay for all the shows you got to pay for this that and the third but this is not the wave you're not it's not going to work man if I'm wrong I'm wrong but I don't think I'm wrong. I don't think anybody watching this right now is like, oh, thank God. Yes. Oh, I'm so fucking happy. I get to pay more. I don't see it. (laughs) Your mouth. Next up, just a quick update for One Piece Film Red's sales, what money it's made thus far. According to Oricon, One Piece Film Red has exactly exceeded 2060 yen in earnings with over 12,319,559 admissions in a 72-day period in Japanese theaters. I believe that calculates out to roughly 113 million dollars which that's still astronomical but i'm definitely starting to notice the slowdown which granted it's been in theaters again how many weeks it's been 72 days so over two months like two and a half months somewhere around there so yeah it's been a decent amount of time i don't know how much more it's going to do domestically in japan but of course that's probably why they starting to see it slowing down and they're like okay boom bring it to north america we talked about it last episode of Forever news that november 4th i believe it comes over here to the U.S. Definitely going to watch. My whole family is very excited. We're all going in. It's going to continue making money outside of Japan, but it's starting to look like a little bit of a slowdown. Because I want to say it's been like a week or two since I reported on One Piece Film Red sales, and last time we spoke, it was like 111 million. It jumped up another two million dollars, but that's not like the big jumps that it's been having. So 113 million dollars it's made so far in money, and that's pretty good. I mean, it's already like in the record of one of the biggest One Piece films of all time on top of that critical praise it's been a little bit dicey some people say there's a little bit too much musical aspects to it because it seems as though from my understanding they got to deal with spotify and they really wanted to pump music in fact it looks like the music industry with sony getting their hands deeper into things if you notice like with chainsaw man anime every ending is a different song which allows to promote new music which allows to sell new music and now with this one piece film red being very music centric and heavy it's like probably because of Sony and whatnot, and now Spotify getting involved in all these stuff. That's probably why music is becoming a bigger deal. It's like, well, let's use other properties. Let's use the anime, for example, to sell this music, and it's been working. So yeah, people, One Piece film Red still tearing it up, 72 days strong. And again, like I spoke last week, November fourth, US. I'm, I'm watching that film, baby. Yeah, moving forward this one right here and we'll talk more about it in the full-on sales bracket of what went down this week because it is a very exciting week for a lot of manga coming out selling real big but in particular right here we pretty much have in a weird way a new king although it will be very short-lived because the manga's been hiatus pretty much Ruri's Dragon the manga I've been telling you guys about that it went for like five or six chapters accumulated a humongous fan base and then the author started getting sick and basically they removed it from the magazine it's been a hiatus and now they starting to label it as a jump plus title meaning it more than likely won't be serialized and weekly shown and jump anymore the you know physical it'll basically be digital whenever it does return but Ruri dragon has pretty much done something astronomical like people told me when i was reporting i was like yo this is a huge series a lot of people like relax it ain't huge oh it is huge fam because if you considered my hero academia huge and if you consider majority of stuff in shonen jump huge this is for huge! Because basically Ruri Dragon has the biggest debut in jump history since pretty much My Hero Academia with 74,874 copies sold in six days. Ruri Dragon's first volume is the number one Shonen Jump big hit and My Hero Academia back in the days with its first volume sold 71,575 copies in six days back in 2014. So this is pretty much the biggest Shonen Jump debut in roughly eight years years so masaoki shindo wherever you are whatever's going on with your health i I hope you get better because that is freaking astronomical and that's huge granted they reported that it wasn't as big of a jump as i believe assassination classroom because the two of them still fall far behind the king of debuts assassination classroom volume one debut with 121,000 copies sold in three days and of course that's not including like the one pieces and naruto's and all that stuff back in the days. believe like the biggest one was like one piece or one of the biggest ones one piece volume one it did like 300,000 in its first week something astronomical back in the days but still this is massively impressive for a series that had just enough chapters to fill out a volume what 76 74,000 something crazy there in six days that is huge that is a big win and Shona Jump knows it that's probably why they didn't just outright cancel it they're like we got money, we got gold here brewing. What's going on? So that's probably also why they're allowing the author to probably go to jump plus so that way they can have a more lagged schedule and still keep them sales coming in. That'll be another big title to add to the roster of already huge titles in jump plus. Uh and yeah, that's just huge. The biggest debut for a shonen jump volume in eight freaking years. Insane. Moving forward chainsaw man fans now a few fans have been complaining a little bit to a certain degree or at the very least criticizing that the chainsaw man anime has removed select scenes from the manga such as the muscle devil that was not shown in the first two episodes of chainsaw man and a few fans have been saying like yo they're changing things me personally i've been saying that they changed the tone from the manga to the anime the manga has a very strong humor to it that it's just like a knee slapping oh my god this shit is funny as hell and the anime just feels a lot more serious and even the jokes sometimes come across as like you're watching like a live action or something it's strange but it works at the same time by no means am I saying it's bad it's just different and a lot of fans have been like yo what's going on and whatnot. well apparently the editor of Chainsaw Man Shihei Lin also the editor of Spy Family he's an editor of a lot of different things and he's been making a lot of gold for Shueisha he came out and said that apparently the author of Chainsaw Man Tansuki Fujimoto is very heavily involved in the creation of the anime. Shihei Lin, editor of Chainsaw Man, has commented that Tatsuki Fujimoto has taken part in the planning, composition, scripting and storyboarding of the Chainsaw Man TV anime adaptation. He also expressed thanks for all the enthusiasm from the animation staff during the process. So, yeah even if you have a problem with it, it's not that like, you know, the studio MAPA, they went off and did their own thing they had Tatsuki Fujimoto pretty much in every step of the way from the planning, composition scripting storyboarding he's been there so if he gave the okay chances are that's because he realizes some of these changes are fine It's not gonna mess with the flow assuming that this isn't all like you know a pr stunt because i always am gonna go back to a lot of people they just outright trust everything they hear from the animation studios editors and all that stuff but if you remember very correctly back in the days they were like yo with tokyo ghouls anime for tokyo ghoul route A." hey no don't worry this was the original drafts from su Shida you know this is what he originally wanted to do this is not us just creating filler essentially this was the original interpretation and the original vision for Tokyo Ghoul's next half then we later find out that oh no 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 he handed in some drafts and they basically shredded it and did whatever the hell they wanted to do so I'm always gonna keep it with a little grain of salt of you never know if this is a PR move and they're basically trying to save fates because they realize and recognize there are some changes from the manga and hardcore fans are not gonna like it again personally I'm absolutely loving chainsaw man's anime um i love the manga and it looks like i'm gonna love the anime from a different perspective in terms of like it's not the same type of funny it's like a little bit of an alteration so to speak but at the very least knowing seemingly from what shihei lin said that tasuki fujimoto was involved in all of this process i feel like it's in good hands and at the end of the day i'm still really enjoying it and loving it it's not like a downgrade by any means so yeah i'm happy to know that at the very least the original author was hands-on with the creation of this thing because you know it could go really really left but seemingly they're doing the right thing and seemingly they have the creator involved so shoutouts to Mappa for that hopefully they continue on quick update for fans of dubs I know a lot of people are like whoa what's going on we just reported over on my main channel that Bleach's dub for the Thousand Year Blood War of course will be coming November 4th over on Hulu so if you really want that dub it'll be over there on Hulu November 4th but also if you wanted to find out about the Spy Family dub and the Chainsaw Man dub according to this Spy Family Family Anime Core 2 dub is already now available on Crunchyroll, so you can start watching the second Core's dub, which I watched it in dub, and I absolutely loved it in dub, so that's good news for me. And then the Chainsaw Man anime dub will be available starting October 25th, so this coming week, you will be having the Chainsaw Man, or technically, if you're watching this in the clips, yeah, it's either out or about to come out any day now for you, Uh, Chainsaw Man anime dub will be starting. Personally, I'm sticking to sub for Chainsaw Man, but I will be watching the dub for Spy Family, I really love the double Spy Family, but Chainsaw Man, I ain't gonna lie, that sub though, and I wasn't too fond of some of the dub I heard. And yeah, I don't know, I'm I'm sticking with sub. I might actually, when I end this episode of Forever News, go straight over and freaking rewatch those first two episodes. That's how much I loved it. Going sub it all, baby. But you know, if you want dub, October 25th, there you go, and it's already out for Spy Family. Next up, never thought in a million years I would hear this one. In case you ain't hear about these games, the Yakuza titles, they're pretty much freaking humongous. This game. Yakuza, I have friends that absolutely love it. Uh well, apparently Yakuza was inspired by none other than One Piece. Yakuza, like a Dragon producer was really really inspired by One Piece. He added, this is definitely not official, but in my own heart, like a Dragon was basically my ideal version of what would be Yakuza One Piece. That's how I got the inspiration to make it. The influence even bled into like a Dragon's promotional material. If I recall correctly, even the catch copy for like a Dragon was something like life is an adventure with the keyword being adventure Yokoyama added you can definitely feel the One Piece inspiration coming through there it makes sense in retrospect as Like a Dragon was a lighter take on the Yakuza series that featured a protagonist who could switch between being a badass and goofball much like Luffy from One Piece speaking to Crunchyroll Yokoyama said the long-running manga and anime series was on his mind during the entire writing process resulting in Like a Dragon being essentially Yakuza One Piece in his mind I've never really talked about this before so I'm not sure if I should just go for it but like a dragon I was really really inspired by One Piece to me Ichiban is basically Luffy and around him there's Zoro and Nami and basically the rest of the party One Piece's party composition was on my mind so much during writing that it was a massive influence and again I played a little bit of Yakuza back in the day I know it's an incredible game I got friends that freaking love Yakuza and that's very interesting to note that Yakuza like a dragon was inspired by One Piece who would have thunk it next up this was a very funny thing and I was was shocked to see it to be honest with you but the official spongebob twitter account tweeted out a hilarious piece of art, Spongebob as you've never seen him before and the art is of Spongebob with his eye looking like it's bleeding into the sponge itself and basically it's all an homage to if you've never heard of it, the manga and someday in the distant future to be anime coming out on Adult Swim, Uzumaki Uzumaki by Junji Ito, it's a classic horror series and it looks like somebody there at Nickelodeon or Spongebob Studio, whatever the heck they got going on over there, decided to do some fan art of SpongeBob as Uzumaki, and I was kind of shocked because you know it's Nickelodeon, SpongeBob, like Cartoon Network, and them. You know they're not or Adult Swim, shall I say, they're not connected. So to see them do that, it must have just been like something fun that they decided. And considering they didn't write anything about Uzumaki, they know that probably the replies is gonna be like, oh Uzumaki, uh, homage, cool beans. But they didn't put anything about Uzumaki, so it's just generating some, I guess, traffic and interest into SpongeBob. And when I took the screenshot, it was at almost 300,000 likes i can only imagine where it's at right now and i ain't gonna lie i thought that was kind of cool i mean i would love to see some sort of crossover doubt it'll ever happen in two different studios and the uzumaki anime has been in development hell for how many years now i think it's been three years going on four years since it was freaking announced and it still ain't here yet come on dog like yeah yeah y'all playing with me too much i've been dying for this anime already starting to make me be like it's never coming it's a myth it's like a dr dre's detox so to speak that shit ain't coming but yeah just a very cool little Uzumaki. Maki homage by Spongebob. Okay, next up, unfortunate news for Crunchyroll users in certain areas because seemingly in certain locations, they will be increasing the pricing. Says here, Crunchyroll increases monthly price in Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand and more territories. Crunchyroll revealed that it will increase its monthly subscription price on October 31st in several territories across a mix of web and mobile including Chile, Canada, Austria, Finland, Argentina, Australia, New Zealand, Mexico, Netherlands, Faroe Islands, and Greenland. Some Funimation prices will also change across a mix of web and mobile in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and Chile. Also, some Funimation prices will decrease in Brazil, Peru, and Colombia. Is Funimation's thing still going? Like, aren't they telling you basically flat out, yo, cancel this shit already. We're basically moving on. Everything's going to Crunchyroll. I'm shocked that it's still going. Crunchyroll and Funimation are adjusting prices in a selection of international markets for some premium plans as part of creating a unified subscription service. Funimation increased prices on August 31st because it is transitioning to a unified subscription service with Crunchyroll. The price increased from $5.99 per month to $7.99 per month for the premium plan and $7.99 to $9.99 for the premium plus plan. And yeah, I'm just waiting for them to unify them together. I think for the most part Crunchyroll has all of Funimation's catalog. I could be wrong about that, but like some of the exclusives that Funimation had like Tokyo Ghoul and whatnot, I think it's all over there now. So yeah, if you have Funimation, you might want to on over to Crunchyroll anyway because soon enough Funimation will be completely gone they're already donezo like they're they're out the race Funimation is over which it's crazy and maybe somewhat sad because I grew up on Funimation. You, Funimation you should be watching like I grew up on that shit so yeah but Crunchyroll increasing prices Eh, it's still nowhere near as bad as what Netflix is doing. So, mm. okay, people, let's relax a little and take a look at the Weekly Shonen Jump and Weekly Shonen Magazine author comments, courtesy of Joe underscore Cat. For starters, we got Echigo Oda, creator of One Piece. Kohei Tanaka's 40th anniversary concert was wonderful. Thank you for all the support over the years. Dope stuff to hear Oda partying out. Uh, Hajime Komodo, author of Martial Magic and Muscles. My wisdom tooth removal led to dry socket symptoms. Ow! I hope you're okay, dog. Uh, again, you can. Tabata we spoke about it earlier but uh, my daughter caught a bad cold and needed to be hospitalized for a week her dad is full of worry and loneliness Um, just again mad love and prayers to to Tabata and his whole family Um, we we want your daughter we want the little one to get better i completely understand his feelings a gege akutami author of jujutsu kaisen fukami-san and ashura-san really have it together and i'm just a mess sorry you're not a mess dog you're amazing stop it and then to close off we got hiroki tomisawa the author of super smartphone obviously that ended sorry for the rush thank you to everyone who read the series thank you for doing your best and oh let's take a look at aliens area fusai nava considering next week will be his last author comments based on my graphic novel comments and other behavior i heard that it's being speculated that i am old well well maybe you are i don't know my lord but ages in the mind of the beholder right lad okay that's weekly shonen jump then we got weekly shonen magazine yoshitoki oima i love seeing my anime promotional work as the time for premiere closes in we've got nakaba susuki author of seven deadly sins four nights of the apocalypse is it true that dead island 2 is coming out come on put it out for ps4 too i want to play it i just bought the dragon ball breakers for the ps4 for unrelated but yeah I, I i've got some gaming in me still uh ken wakui author of tokyo avengers i used to hate red bean paste as a kid but now i've gradually grown to enjoy it is this what getting old is like mm, yeah i guess <laughs> uh eden zero fairy tale 100 years quest hiromashima i think about how i want to have meetups with fans from time to time i bet you do because you a goat like that shout outs to hiromashima then we got Tia, editor of blue lock hapes. Hey, Heard of this super cool anime called Blue Lock. You should watch it, bro. My name is in the credits. <laughs> yeah, Blue Lock is awesome. Kei Urana, author of Gachi Aquita. Ando bought a skateboard. It's so cool and red. Shout outs to Ando, I guess. And right, we'll close this off with George Morikawa, author of Hajime no Ippo. Auctions are in session. Good luck. Are they auctioning off something from Epo or is this something unrelated? And last but certainly not least, let's close this off with the top fifty best selling manga of the week, courtesy of Jose underscore Ke, And it is off to an absolute hilarious start that places 50 48 46 44 and 42 are all spy family selling 12 12 12 12 12 yeah so pretty much roughly twelve thousand people all bought spy family volumes this week nuts uh one piece at number 47 with twelve thousand as well bringing it to 1.9 i don't think it'll hit 2 million before uh, being removed from the top 50 but still what an awesome volume cover and awesome content in there as well then we got places 40 through 31 we got another Spy Family volume at 39. Mia Roboco volume 10. Yo, the, the troll didn't work. Well, I think these are better sales than last time. I think it's still 10K first week with the last volume. This week dropping this volume with clearly uh, homage and parody of Chainsaw Man's first volume. Mira uh, Mia Roboco volume 10 did 15,358 in six days. And again, I think the last one did like 10. So that's not too bad to be honest with you. Although I would have liked for it to have done crazy numbers like people thinking, hey, is this like a chainsaw man, you know, related thing or something like that? That would have been insane. But shout outs to me and Roboco. I'm still gonna support that little mini anime whenever it comes in. So so no free edit in volume nine and twenty-five days, two hundred and sixty-four thousand. Damn that jujutsu Kaisen volume twenty is still in the running. Uh 17,000 this week, bringing it to almost 1.5. Jeez Louise. and we got places 30 through 21. Uh mobile suit Gundam Thunderbolt volume 20. Damn, mobile suit gundam volumes crazy. Uh, Detective Conan, Volume 102 In 25 days, 346000 For the legend itself uh, At number 24, Record of Ragnarok Volume 16, 25000 This week, bringing his total to almost $200,000 uh, Yoamushi Pedal in 4 days, 27000 At number 21, that cover looks kind of cool Cool beans, then we got uh, Places 20 Through 11 We got Kingdom, Volume 66 With 32000 this week, bringing his total to 533. we got My Dress Up Darling Volume 10, 30, Thirty-three thousand, bringing his total to 230 is that including the limited edition i don't know uh then we got at number 15 in six days Akanebanashi volume three mind you that the series already has like 300,000 i believe in circulation and this is with not including the third volume 34,700 another big hit this is why also i'm imagining jump is steering away from battle series like majority of the time these newer battle series they're not gaining any traction but these series like Akaneba Nashi and um, another one we'll talk about it in a bit are, are doing well. Their hits out the gate, 34,000, that's more than series that be on volume 10 and shit. Like, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, that's why Jump is doing what they're doing. Uh, My Hero Academia Team Up Mission, volume 4, 40,000 in six days. Jeez Louise, that's great. Uh, Owari no Seraph, volume 28 in six days, 47.8. That's great for Seraph of the End. Then we got top 10, top 10, top 10. At number 10, Marshall, volume 13 in six days fifty-six thousand. yeah marshall has dipped a lot i remember in 2021 just last year it was doing close to 100k in a week and now in six days 56 that's probably why they're getting ready to end it soon and going towards the anime at number six blue box with 73 000 six days again non shonen battle series doing very well and number seven Ruri Dragon another example of why Jump does not give a shit no more about getting these newer battle series off the ground Ruri Dragon volume one in six days 74,874 the biggest debut for a Shonen Jump volume since My Hero Academia back in the day this is freaking nuts uh Don to Don volume seven and number five 77,000 six days good shit to don to don keeping the spirit alive whoa shit i did not know that this was having a new volume d gray man volume 28 six days this is why they keep it going dog it's a big seller a chainsaw man volume 12 in six days 233,928 that's for the first volume of chainsaw man 2 and after a long stretch of no chainsaw man it's interesting to see it come in with those sales but it was bested by two goliaths because coming in at number two my Hero Academia, Volume 36, in six days, 424,000. God damn, what a what a dope cover, too, and amazing sales. And then number one, oh god, Spy Family, uh, in six days with Volume 10, 773,785 copies. This is a clear example, dog, and it's sad in a way, but. Just look at some of the biggest picks of non-battle series. Spy Family, 10 volumes in, and it's doing 773,000 first week. Ruri Dragon Volume 1, non-battle series, 74,000 on its first volume blue box non-battle series 70 like i'm telling you dog this new wave is not going to be much a battle battle series it's going to be jump plus and whatnot but this is clear indication the industry has moved on or slowly moving on because sales are reflecting people want less battle and more slice of life granted my hero you know 36 volumes in still doing well the gray man 28 volumes in still doing well chainsaw man i'm a little bit shocked i'll be honest with you i thought that would have done like half a million off rip but maybe it's because people aren't really digging chainsaw man 2 as much as chainsaw man 1 or maybe the word hasn't gotten out yet because yo we got the anime out right now this should be doing way bigger but mm, we'll see but yeah people those were the top 50 best-selling manga of the week courtesy of jose underscore k great great competitive list this week but that's all i have for this one thanks for watching i'm for world and as always people have an awesome day and remember the golden rule anime and manga for life boy have an awesome day peace in. and you guys just watch another episode of for Never new have an awesome day, subscribe and hit that bell. Yeah. I have a dream alone in my room as I sit with the tea. Couldn't possibly think what I often see. And you don't even know how I often blink. Lights be flashing and looking at me. Such an odd unique. Yet I'm so unique. And you're looking at me. If the walls could talk, they would probably read bleak. And I would probably say bitch, get the fuck off me.